Right here, right here is symbolic of what it's all about. This is the world's heavyweight title. And when I say this, I mean it in all sincerity. The world's heavyweight title held by Harley Race. Not once, but twice. Over half of my life devoted to what I do better than any other human being in wrestling. I am not going to allow any human being to insult me or this. And when I say that, I mean it in dead sincerity. When I walk in that ring, I'm walking in there as world's heavyweight champion. I'm walking in there to defend what I hold probably more close than any other man has ever held. This is my life. Welcome to Cheap Podcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am your host, Big Papa Pump, Matthew Allen. And I am your other host, The Nature Boy, T.L. Foster. What you heard in that opening was a tribute to the late, great Harley Race, a wrestler that, I'll be honest, T.L., I didn't really have a lot of exposure to him. Well, probably until his run with WWF, which would have been in the mid 80s uh, when he was Handsome Harley Race and then King Harley Race um, which to be honest you know it all it felt a little bit like a dusty situation like it was almost like a rib kind of how they dressed them up Um, because when you go back and you see the historical footage of Harley in his prime in like 70s Harley Race the, the only thing I can I can think of like the only word that really comes to mind is like he looks like one of the toughest human beings to ever walk this earth he just looks like a guy that you know is a tough guy like he's a shoot fighter he's legit like no one would mess with him yeah um I, yeah i i because i i didn't get a chance to even really see harley until later like when i would go back and watch tapes of him um but yeah i just he just seems like just a legit just tough dude like he's almost on, like reminiscent of like Stan Hansen kind of in that same mold um just like not as wild but like yeah no Harley Race is he was such a like a just a transformative like figure in professional wrestling 
and if I'm not sure if people have gotten the chance, but go back and watch like Ric Flair's first title win against Harley Race, and you can just see like how good of a wrestler Harley was at the time. That's what's crazy when you see the guy and you look at a guy who has like the forearm tattoos. And you just like know he's a tough guy, which by the way, like my grandfather had those tattoos because he served in the Navy. Like, so here's what's wild. So my grandfather served in the Navy for a second tour of duty with my dad and his brothers. Like he re-enlisted to be with the sons in the Navy because he's like a legit tough guy. And that's like Harley Race. Like, like you're like, okay, yeah, I guess like made of iron, but you think he's just going to be like a brawler. Dude, Harley was all over that ring. And he was doing the diving headbutts, and, and he, he had a huge repertoire of moves, and it's like, no, dude, he he was a legit good wrestler. Right. And he's, he was very introspective as well. I know that um, after a lot of injuries, like with the stuff with Dynamite Kid, and then obviously stuff with Benoit, like, he's been very open, like, he did not, he doesn't like that the, that people started continuing to use the diving headbutt, just because he felt like... It was something that was kind of a negative, and he, you know, he helped train such, you know, great wrestlers. Like, whatever I think about Randy Orton is what I think about Randy Orton, but he's a tremendous wrestler, and he was trained by, you know, Harley Race. Like, he was such a just a informative and transformative person in the in the world of professional wrestling. And as a community, we 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 would be remiss to have such a great no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and he's a guy that, like you said, he trained other wrestlers. He was Vader's manager for a time because they needed to put Vader with someone who could control him because Vader was like another legit ex-NFL tough guy. So, yeah, they were like, well, the only manager who can actually keep this guy under wraps is Harley Race. Uh, yeah, man, um, just one of the toughest SOBs to ever walk this earth. May he rest in peace. The wrestling world will miss you, sir. Speaking of Wrestling World, we're going to kick off today's episode with this new segment we like to call Around the Wrestling World. As you look around the wrestling world, New Japan Pro Wrestling just finished their G1 Classic. And we have a new winner, and this is Mr. Kota Ibushi going back and winning the G1 that he lost last year to Tanahashi. Uh, this year beating Jay White in a really good finals match. Oh yeah, this was this was a hell of a match. There is a moment during this match that just completely gave me chills. Like, so it is like the no sell moment that like Hulk Hogan always used to go for. So at one point, like they go into the segment where they're like doing like back and forth, they're hitting each other. And Ibushi, like, literally starts to no-sell it, but he, like, he looks so angry. Like, the look on his face looks like, looks like an upset father. Like, he just looks at this guy like, yeah, try to hit me. And then when the, when, like, Jay Wet finally hits him, he just, like, yeah, he doesn't do anything. And then just all of a sudden, just one slap, and he just, like, knocks Jay White down. Like, it is insane. Well, it's a very, it's like a very Japanese thing. Like, when Japanese wrestlers do that no-sell, it just looks so real, and then, like, usually, like, the comeback, it just looks very painful. It just, Kota Ibushi is such a good wrestler, and I'm really glad that he won the G1, and he's going to actually, you know, it looks like he's going to highlight the, the January 4th show, which he absolutely should. Um, I, I, I'm just really glad that he won it, and I love Jay White, but I was really glad it was Kota Ibushi that won it. 
No, it was just really good. I was really glad that Coda finally won the big, you know, big G1. So now he's going to be headlining that January 1 show. And, I'm January 4 show, excuse me. Um, and yeah, no, I thought it was really, I thought it was a really good match. And just, it's been a really good tournament. How much of the G1 have you been able to catch, Matt? I've mostly just been watching highlights on YouTube of the matches I hear are good. I, man, I mean, A, due to the time zone difference, but just B, just due to the amount of time and the sheer amount of matches of this thing, uh, I have not seen everything. Um, I've definitely, though, when I see, like, matches getting the four and five star ratings, I will go check things out. So, like, Okada versus Osprey. Uh, that is a must-watch match. That was from day seven, I believe. But yeah, so I, I haven't been, I haven't been like watching everything, um, been following the results. I was a little disappointed with what Moxley was able to do, or I guess not able to do in the tournament. I thought, I don't know, I, I just felt like it was like he has so much momentum and heat from AEW and kind of the way they did him like that. I'm like, wow, why would, why would you take away from his momentum? Um, but it's fine, you know. Like I, I don't know. So I, I think overall, yeah, it's been an excellent tournament. I think, um, you know, giving it to Coda, it's about time. Because uh, what most people don't realize is he's not like a young guy. He's 37, I want to say, which in wrestling years, that's pretty up there. Um, right. And he looks amazing. He looks like he's in his 20s. He he looks like a he looks like a child. <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah. he looks like a child. Absolutely. Mm. I, I thought the Mox stuff was fun because it, uh, we had Mox, uh, is it Uima, Umi, or I'm gonna get his protege's name wrong, so I'm not even gonna try it. But, you know, he had Mox with the whole protege thing, with the Death Rider thing. I think that was a really cool, fun thing. But I think that the really big important thing for this tournament that I loved was Kenta's story. Where it was, yes. <laughs> it felt like it felt like this was like Japan saying, "No, this guy who's been in WWE for like ever, uh, or for like the last four years, like no, he's a big deal, and he was a big deal that he didn't go back to Noah and he came here, and they definitely made him like a big deal." Um, yeah, his- it's um, yes, unfortunately. The Kenta experiment in NXT was a failed experiment, and I think part of it, you know, he got injured yes, relatively it, quickly after I getting don't think there. It, yeah, I don't think it wasn't that they didn't want to make him a star. I absolutely think they did. He just got hurt way too much, and then he lost steam, and unfortunately that can happen, right? Well, I think they also, when they, shine, when they signed Shinsuke, it's like, all right. Well, here's the guy we're going with. That's our ex-NJPW guy, um, and so I think... Yeah, it's unfortunately Kenta just kind of got caught up in that. It, it would have been amazing if they were able to effectively build like uh, a Kenta versus Nakamura feud, uh, but they never could in WWE. And so it is great to see Kenta, who the matches that I did see him in NXT, like he had some great matches when he wasn't hurt, uh, to see him go back and to see him. I mean, should we just say what happened and what he did and, and kind of the fallout? Yeah, so another big thing that happened in G1 is that Kenta joined the Bullet Club. Um, yeah. And he attacked, he attacked, uh, Shibata, uh, Shibata. Well, Shibata yeah. got pissed off and attacked him, 
And then they, they, yeah, with, with Shibata, uh, to remind everyone, that's the dude who we all thought would be paralyzed for life or couldn't, not paralyzed, but couldn't wrestle for life because of the hemorrhage in his brain a few years ago. Still, I, I'm not sure if he's medically cleared to wrestle or not. At least he's, we know he's enough medically cleared to actually do stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was watching the bumps, so I'm like, is he taking real bumps or is he just dishing out the punishment? Right. Which, I'm not going to lie to you, there's nothing in the world that makes me, like, want anything more than a Shibata uh, uh, Kenta match at the Tokyo Dome in January 4, because they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, ugh. If, if Shibata can go. yeah. If he definitely. can go, yes. Yes. But it's, yeah, it, it was, um, I mean, the Bullet Club staying relevant even after they seemingly lose all their members to wwe <laughs> over over the years like yeah they're still or or AEW uh with like kenny um yeah staying relevant staying kind of on top of uh new japan and looking good man like yeah the kenta stuff is really it was really cool to see it was really exciting i think it um it was definitely like a memorable moment from from the tournament right all right, what else? What else you got? What else you got from around the wrestling world? So we have AEW All Out, which is based out of Chicago, Illinois, on August 31st. And we have our full card. Um, so, Matt, I'm just going to go through a couple of the matches. And unfortunately, again, there is only one AEW championship. And I don't know how I feel about this because it should definitely be, you know, feel more special. Um, but right now, the, on the AEW All Out, uh, main card, we have, for the AEW World Championship, uh, we have Chris Jericho versus, um, Hangman Adam Page. We have Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Yep. So yeah, you, you got yeah. two good matches already. Then we got the AAA Tag Team Championship with Lucha Brothers versus match. the Young Bucks. Yeah. And that's a ladder match. Yeah, of course. Uh, that'll be a killer match. You got Cody versus Sean Spears, the two best friends versus each, uh, versus each other with Tully Blanchard uh, in Sean Spears' corner, which is awesome to see Tully back. What do we got? The best friends versus Dark Order. Uh, winner gets a bye. Yeah, the winner gets a bye in the Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc versus Darby Allin. The, one of those guys will die in that match. That, show, that match is going to be insane uh, a lot of dumb spots um people will go ooh and ah and i will be worried the entire time uh riho versus uh hikaru uh Sh- shidai which will this is kind of like your your stardom match um which would be really good uh riho for people who don't realize riho the reason why she's in a lot of these shows uh little girl that katie omega used to team with like 10 years ago that's her she's just now an adult now Oh, the one, the one Jim Cornette can't let go that he can't get over yes, the fact that Kenny that, wrestled that a little same girl. One. Fucking Jim Cornette. Um, but yeah, no, she is the one. So, but she's like, she's now a 14 year vet and she's like in her 20s. So, <laughs> it sounds like, like, it's like Kobe Bryant when he was like in his late 20s. He's like, oh, he's, he's a veteran. He's on his last legs because the dude started yeah. so young. In the uh, but, um, and then of course we have the women's casino battle royale, uh, which has jazz in it. Yeah. Uh, Jazz got a, a nice formal yeah. uh, announcement in it, but the winner of that will get a shot at the inaugural title. Um, it it looks like a fun show, Matt. But so I I don't think I've officially gave given my AEW stats. Um, 
I'm very happy that there's an alternative. And it looks like that they're going to take a lot of time to actually make this alternative mean something. Um, but I don't know how many shows we can go by and not know, you know, what alignments are for people. Or care about a company where, like, this is the company that tag team wrestling is supposed to be the big thing. You're, I mean, too, you're... Your co-founders are tag team, you know, tag team wrestlers. But y'all don't still have your, yeah, y'all still don't have a tag team championship. Like, you're waiting for a television to put tag team titles out there. I mean, I'm glad you're finally getting a world championship. I I always have a problem with calling something a world championship if you've never wrestled outside of the United States. Um, But that's neither here nor there. I just, I don't know how I feel about this card, because you know what it seems like? A very fun wrestling card, but that's about it. I, I, you know what? I think it looks like a really good card. I think um, you're right. That we've spoken off mic about one of my main issues with AEW so far. I've been giving them the benefit of the doubt because all the shows have just been these one-off pay-per-view type shows, and I, I never know who to root for. I'm like, who's the, who's the face? Who's the heel? I don't know because there's no TV to establish and set up storylines. Um, but the good news is right now, uh, we I think it was reported as we're recording this or, or shortly before we recorded this, that they've already sold out their first few uh, TV events on TNT. And so that'll come. I, I you know, I have confidence that they will they will book this thing and they will set up what I'm really hoping they do is really focus on the the personal conflicts um, and just keep it simple, you know, because that was I think the the biggest storyline AEW has had so far was the Rhodes brothers versus each other uh, at Double or Nothing, and that so that is that is a classic story of of you know well this, the whole sibling rivalry and all that stuff, and so they can do stories they just haven't so far, and yeah, hopefully um, getting a regular TV show in the books will will enable them to to kind of set up and establish okay who's the heel. Who's the face? What's the storyline? What are the what's at play? What's it what's at stake? Um, I have confidence, and I think this this looks like an amazing show. I think I think you will see several four to five star matches coming out of the show. Moving on around the wrestling world. All right, Matthew. If I tell you PWG, what does that mean to you? Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. This is. This is the company where WWE goes and finds their top stars for NXT. Uh, that's the joke. But no, I love PWG. PWG is such a great uh, promotion. And they do a big tournament every year. Usually it's around the Labor Day weekend. But it's been, being, it's been pushed back. It's been pushed back now that they've gone out of doing, the, um, doing the, their shows out of Reseda. California, these are all your stopping grounds. I know nothing about these this area. Uh-huh. Um, is very nice. Reseda is very nice. Uh, but they do a big tournament every year. It's called the Battle for Los Angeles, or it's called BOLA. Um, and it's usually a three-day event. And they have just announced the participants in the BOLA, uh, in the BOLA tournament. And there are some really kind of big indie names uh that are on here that i would like to give some you know give some uh things for and i don't think you know a lot of them Uh, i'm looking at the list right now uh they've got i mean there's a couple aew names on here uh yeah i I actually do know a lot of these guys so go right ahead though dig right in 
Okay, uh, some people that I'm very interested in. Of course, we have Jungle Boy, who is uh, uh, Luke Perry's son. Yep, rest uh, in peace, Luke Perry. Yes, um, but we have Pentagon Jr. Yep, which is former really... Lucha Underground star Pentagon Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joey Janela. Yep, uh, Madman, insane deathmatch wrestler Joey Janela, and apparently yes. brawler with uh, Enzo at a concert a few months ago. Yeah, they fought at a. It was a shitty concert too that they fought at. I wouldn't say Bleak One Eighty Two, but I don't think it was. Yeah, that. It, I think it was like a festival or something with multiple acts. But yeah, apparently yeah. not much of a fight. Uh, it seemed like Joey Janela said something. Enzo shot his mouth off. Maybe one or two punches was were exchanged, and they. Uh, I don't know. In, the way Enzo talks about it, you know, I beat that guy's ass. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like it literally, I think George Janela said it best. He said it was the worst shoot fight anyone <laughs> could have ever wanted to see. Yes. Uh, which yeah, that I believe. I, this is again why I love Joey Janela. He he seems like just a really kind of cool dude. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, we got some other names I recognize on here. We, so, uh, so yeah, so there's some you know there's some ROH names. Um, Bandito uh, who wrestles in ROH. And maybe going to WWE, that's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Cobb, who, again, is our Ring of Honor, who's a Ring of Honor wrestler. He's also the current PWG champion. And for you Lucha Underground fans, he was the guy who played Matanza. Oh, okay. Dario Corto's killer brother. Yes, remember <laughs> that. No, you got you, you also have uh, Darby Allen is, is here yes. to appear. Uh, if he survives that match, uh, it all out. Um, who else we got? Daisuke Sakamoto is here. Oh yeah, well that's that's the big that's the well there's two big one big names. Daisuke Sakamoto, who is such a real like he's a huge Japanese wrestler. Usually wrestles in WXW in Germany. If you haven't seen a lot of Daisuke Sakamoto, you should go Google him. He's great. Um, I remember he. There's. If you ever see the gif of a very confused Japanese man at a big kaiju battle, it was him because uh-huh. uh, he, he was. The kaiju's challenged him to a fight, and he beat up the kaiju's in a big kaiju battle. A wrestling weekend. Wrestling. He's great. Perfect. <laughs> He's so yeah. great. Um, David Starr, who made a lot of news about wrestling, because he wrestled Jay Lethal earlier this year in Israel. But David Starr is a very um, progressive voice in the face of wrestling. It has been very openly um, critical of the fact that there are there's not a wrestling union, as well as um, who what wrestling companies give who they give their money to. Uh, he very famously disparaged Sinclair Broadcasting, uh, which is of course the owner of Ring of Honor, um, as well as he's disparaged you know WWE. And also, David Starr is really fucking good. He's a really good wrestler. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you're missing a biggie that was just signed to AEW as well. I I was waiting because to me, well, other than John Grisham, uh, if you guys haven't seen John Grisham wrestle, you should. Uh, is excellent great. author as well, boy. Uh, yes. The firm. Uh, Jonathan Grisham. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you're, you're just pulling, you're, you're using his gimmick right here. You're taking forever to get to who the big signee was and who's at this show. <laughs> My pick to win Bola 2019. It's the Battle of Los Angeles 2019. Upcoming winner will be Orange Cassidy, Fresh Squeeze, the newest signee of of AEW, and the thing that's going to make me watch that show every day because I love Orange Cassidy. Mm. Orange Cassidy 
He's so great. I love him. I love watching him wrestle. Orange Cassidy, who no-sold Laser Time community member Cody Laveau, uh, when I think he tried to have him like pose with a belt or something, just completely no-sold yeah. him. It was great. Uh, Orange Cassidy's awesome. I love I love that guy. Again, he's not everybody's cup of tea. I understand that. But yeah. he's awesome. But this is going to be a really great um, battle, battle of Los Angeles. So I, I definitely... Want to check it out? If you guys do watch PWG, I believe High Spots now actually has like their WWE Network equivalent, where they have the PWG shows on there. Don't quote me on that, uh, but I know they do sell them the DVDs. But I think they are moving to a streaming service soon. If that's the case, you should absolutely do that. And going rope to rope, the last news item in the Around the Wrestling World news roundup. Okay, as announced on Monday, the WWE is bringing back the King of the Ring tournament, which is going to uh, is going to pit eight SmackDown superstars versus and eight Raw superstars to announce the King of the WWE Ring. Yeah, and of course, King of the Ring. We were talking about Harley Race earlier, a former King of the Ring winner. A King of the Ring is the tournament that basically launched the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin and made him kind of the household name we know today. Um, so yeah, lots lots of kind of King of the Ring was the tournament at one time WWE I hate so metaphorically and like you know literally they were they were putting the crown on the guy that they were saying you're going to be the next big guy and typically those guys would go on to become WWE champions. Um and so, you know, you have like former winners like Triple H, uh like Booker T, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, like it is a it is a serious thing. Like Owen Hart was was a, was a winner at one time. So, yeah, like lots of you know Hall of Fame wrestlers have been King of the Ring tournament winners, and it's just unfortunate that basically it's it it kind of lost its status. At one time, I would have put it up there in the top four or five pay per views of the year for WWE. I think it, it had surpassed Survivor Series as a big four at some point, and then yeah, in in recent years. They kind of bring it back sporadically. They sometimes will run the tournament just kind of on regular TVs. It's it doesn't it doesn't you know it, it doesn't have the prominence that it used to. Um, but this one feels like a bigger deal. There's a lot of wrestlers in here, and they've announced the brackets. Um, and I will say this: it looks very lopsided with the brackets. Uh, I'd, I'd say if you go to w, if you go to WWE.com and they have a, a graph of the brackets. Basically, coming out of on the whole right side of the bracket, I, I don't think there's anyone that's going to beat Kevin Owens. I'm picking Kevin Owens to win King of the Ring. I think we will have KO King Owens as the champion because he really has like zero competition heading up into the final. Whereas on the other side of things, it's sort of a stacked card. You got Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. They're going to beat the hell out of each other. Um, you got Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. Again, that's going to be amazing. Um, it... it I would imagine Ricochet comes out on top, but Drew McIntyre is going to beat the hell out of him. Um, you got Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. You got The Miz versus Baron Corbin. Ooh, maybe, maybe that's not so great. But there are there are some good matchups on that side of the bracket that I'm predicting right now. I'm going to go Ricochet versus KO in a final, and I'm I'm hoping KO comes out as the king. What about UTL? So I am actually a little bit more like positive about the SmackDown side. I think I think Ollie Birdie Murphy is going to be really good and, you know, well after for what after the Buddy Murphy Roman Reigns match this past week on SmackDown, like that is 
if if that match had been on SummerSlam, I mean, on our summer our review of SummerSlam is coming up, but that could have knocked SummerSlam up at least a half star rating for me. That was an amazing match. Yeah, it's really ill. He he's really good. This is my pitch. Watch two hundred five live, everybody, because like a lot of your favorite wrestlers are on two hundred five live and doing great. Because Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin should be really great and. It's not my recommendations, but Chad Gable and Jack Gallagher had a match like three weeks ago. It was a five-star match. Like, it, it was just a tremendous match. Chad Gable was good, y'all. Um, and Apollo Crews or Johnny would be a really fun match. Um, I, for some reason, I think Andrade comes out the SmackDown side. I think, it, I think it's KO Andrade in the finals. I think Andrade comes out in the SmackDown no side. I think, if anything, maybe Buddy Murphy might surprise people because he had such a good match with Roman. They might yeah. he might get like a quick sudden push like, oh no, this guy's the real deal. Uh because Smarks love him. He's amazing. Yeah. I think Cesaro beats Joe. I think Cesaro and Ricochet go into the next match. I I I think that's a I think I think they won another Cesaro Ricochet match. And I I kind of if if I'm booking this, I want to push my new stars. And I would, I would put, I would put Cedric Alexander in the finals. Honestly, if you want to make a brand new star, and it seems like they're trying to push this button with Cedric Alexander, um, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I told you off air how I see this going, how the last two King of the Rings have gone. Matthew, Baron Corbin will be the King of the Ring. This, uh, is, this, is, this is just it's set in stone. I, he will I be don't. The King of the Ring. I so don't want you to be right. I want. I want Baron Corbin to go away. I've, I've never been a Baron Corbin fan, even in NXT. I just thought he was boring. I thought, oh, that's a tall guy who looks too thin. I'm sorry. Um, if you you already have a Cesaro body type in WWE, you don't need another one. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not sold on his whole biker gimmick. Like, oh, I'm a legit tough guy. I played in NFL. That's good for you. I think you'll do fine somewhere else. But I don't I don't want him on WWE TV anymore. He's boring. Every every time he comes on, I flip the channel. I'm over it. Um, I so I know I, I said I think Ricochet will 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 probably come out of that bracket. I do have sort of a dark horse pick. If we if it doesn't go that way, I think a guy who's ready for a push, who was amazing in NXT, he went away from WWE for a while to prove himself, and he's back. Drew McIntyre could actually be a guy that they they deem, hey, you are ready for a big push because he's kind of got all the tools. Like, dude is huge, tall guy, amazing right. body. Amazing look, like good looking dude, amazing head of hair, got the accent, like I could see and, and he's and he's really good heel. Like he's playing really good heel. Are you are you saying he's a chosen one? Uh there you go. There there's the thing <laughs> right there. So it could be he could be my dark horse candidate, but I'm really wanting KO. I think KO is long overdue for a big push. Um he had he's had some injury issues that held him back, but I think his well, we're about to get to it, but what he did at SummerSlam kind of proves now the company right now is behind KO. Very few people can cut a promo like that guy. Uh, he's over with the fans, um, and they're kind of pushing him as the successor to Steve Austin. He's he's the people's champion. He's the guy. He's the working man. You look at you look at KO and you go, oh yeah, I know guys with that body type. Yeah, no, he definitely is just the regular everyday dude, and like it. I don't know. Like I said, that would be the really cool thing. I think he gets screwed over. I think he gets screwed over in the first round. Yeah. To be completely honest with you. All right. Well, that has been our new segment around the wrestling world. Let's transition now 
into maybe what you're here for if you if you saw the show's title this is our review of both nxt takeover toronto as well as SummerSlam 2019 so let's begin with nxt takeover and let's start with the match that kicked the event off in a big way you had the street profits go over against undisputed era in what I think you and I would have considered sort of an upset because we were both predicting that Undisputed Era would come out uh, on top. Yeah, um, I I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I guess we'll get really into it, but I thought this was going to be the Street Profits. Like basically, hey, thank you for everything that you that you've done, uh, but the you know, but it's time for you to go to Raw and to be in the Raw shuffle. Yeah, that's what we both predicted prior to this match. We said, oh, this will be their, their going away match because they've been on Raw. And yeah, it, it, it you were, you were kind of sad thinking they would just be transition champions. So I think them getting the win is basically we're saying, oh, they're going to be on NXT. They're going to be on NXT a little bit longer. Yes, which is, which is great. I'm, I'm really glad for that and glad for them. Um, Matthew, this is going to be a running segment for most of the NXT matches. This match ruled that. Like, yeah, no, this was this was the perfect way to start a show. This was if you talk about a curtain jerker. This is, I thought, you know, I I don't put it in four or five star star territory. I think it was a very strong, solid match. I think it had just a lot of uh, energy, and it's exactly what you needed to kick the show off. Um, yeah, and I thought. I, I loved the way the Street Profits went over. I was I was surprised because I, I was remember predicting, hey, Undisputed Era, they're going to win all the gold, and they're going to establish this new era of NXT. And so if anything, uh, it definitely leaves me wondering, is that going to eventually happen? Are they going to get away from that? What's going to happen with Undisputed Era? But um, I, the match itself, man, you can't fault the match. It was good. I But I, I would just say for me, I don't know that there were any super memorable spots or anything, so it's a solid. And for me, I guess we should establish we're going to rate these matches on how are we rating them, TL? Uh, we're going to rate these on oh yes, yeah, a, f- a one to five macho man oh yeah scale. Oh yeah. And so I get three macho oh yes for this match, a solid three start rating. So three to three to me is very good, very good, very solid. I guess what I would say is a four is an, like it goes beyond good it's a great match with some memorable spots and then five is like all-time classic must watch amazing match so so for me three is please don't get me wrong three is a very good score for me yeah um i'm i would raise it up to four i'm giving it a four i'm giving it four. Oh yes oh, we're gonna yeah. run out of oh, yes the way you're grading these things yeah but no so here's the reason why i gave it a four um i i thought there were some very memorable spots like so Tez, first of all, Montez Ford, that dude is money. You could like he should be NXT champion tomorrow. Like that guy has charisma. He's really great in the ring. He can leap literally out of anywhere. Like my buddy saw him do the the frog splash. He's like, how does he get so much air? I was like, I don't know. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I yeah, but it's like the Te- Tez doing the Rock. Like he's been doing the Rock callbacks on Raw. And for him to start doing, like, The Rock stuff was really fun. Um, Angelo Dawkins, who I've never been, like, super high on, but he's definitely coming to his own, especially being with the Street Profits. Like, at one point, he was, like, doing his hot tag, and he threw Kyle O'Reilly into Bobby Fish. 
and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. I thought it was a really good, awesome, again, I'm a huge, huge fan of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, I still maintain they're the best tag team on the roster by a little bit, because I love the revival, but by a bit. Um, I don't know, I really thought it was a really fun match. It was a great opener, like you said, Matt. Uh, it just gives one more. If I would give a, if I could give a half of a, oh yeah, I would. Yeah. So now we're we're at an impasse because I gave it a three, you gave it a four. So if we're to average it out, we're at a three and a half, three and a half, oh yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's where I think this is where that match lies. Yeah. It's three and a half. I think it's not, I think that's solid. I think that's solid. Yeah. All right, three and a half, oh yes, for the opener. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next up, Io Shirai went over against Candice LeRae, which, to me, this was the second best match on the card. This match was amazing. We, I think, wasn't this your showstopper pick of the week, T.L.? It was, and boy, did I feel vindicated. From just the opening intro, just the, like, Io Shirai's entrance... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. She, she let them know. She let the world know. I'm Io Shirai. I am here. Uh, not to take anything away from Candice LeRae, because Candice LeRae let the world know. Hey, this is who Candice LeRae really is. This is if they let me wrestle. And I think she tweeted about this after the match. She's like, "Hey, I'm just really proud that finally I got to be Candice LeRae." And she showed right. that, like, "Hey, she is someone to take seriously. She's gonna put. She's gonna put together some match of the year candidates." Yeah, no, I think they both really did really well. Um, EO looked really dominant in this match, but Candace looked really great. And that, that's the great thing about a Candace match. Like, you can see, like, she has a great underdog thing. It's just, it's just like watching Johnny. Um, yeah. this match was great. I, I gave it five oh yes. This was my match of the night. Wow. Uh, this was my match of probably the last of this weekend. Like, wow. it was such a fun, great match. Mm. And I loved it so much. Five oh yes, like I could I I went back and watched that match again after watching it. I was like, wow. I just have to watch it again. I love Yeah, it. I, I can't go to five, but this is a this is a really good match. Like I said, second best match of the night to me. I'm gonna give it four oh yes. So we got so it you know, in aggregate we got four and a half oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah Man, yeah. That is a solid, solid start to uh, to uh, NXT takeover. So with the first two matches, very solid. Three and a half and four and a half stars. Moving on, we had the triple threat match. Velveteen Dream uh, defending against Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne and actually going over and winning against Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. So I was wrong in this one. I picked Roderick Strong because I thought Undisputed Era was going to you know, capture all the gold. Um, but yeah, I, I'm happy to say I'm wrong because Velveteen Dream went over and looked good doing it. Yeah, um, it was really great. I love the very fun opening uh, where he came out with the Mounties theme song. Oh my gosh! And then that they was so they, good. <laughs> they had the Toronto thing. Um, no, it was a very fun match. Again, I was also wrong. I thought Roderick was going to win the title, and I thought Undisputed Air was going to go over. Um, but I thought everybody looked great in this match. I thought you know, obviously Velveteen Dream's always great. Obviously Pete Dunne is always great. Roddy is Roddy. Um, you know, so it was a very fun match. Um, but I gave this about a three. This one, it was a very nice cold opener, especially after that EO match. Like, it was a nice kind of, like, 
to bring you back into a mode. I thought it was a very fine match. It was a fun match, but I gave it like three oh yes. I could not agree more. Three three oh yes for me as well. I thought it was solid. Everyone did exactly what they needed to do. Nothing too memorable about the match to me. I think they're all super good workers. Um, you know, Pete Dunn definitely a guy to keep your eyes on. Like he. He kind of has that Taz-like body, you know. He kind of reminds you of that he's got the one one piece on, and you know. Um, but man, yeah, just they, all of the three of these guys did a killer job, and like you said, put in a tough spot to follow up that Io Shirai uh, Candice LeRae match. So yeah, three three ooyas for me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on, we had Shayna Baszler defeating Mia Yim in for what was an upset to you, uh, TL, because you had picked Mia Yim to to win this one. Yeah, I thought this was going to be Shayna's goodbye. Um, this match was... this. So this match is... Like when I said like all the matches were great, this match did not feel great to me. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good match. I think the story it told in the match was really great. Um, basically, me and him realizing that Shayna... That Karafuda clutch, like, I need to stay away from it. Um, so she basically worked her arm the whole match. I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, but then Shayna ultimately showing like no i'm a master submission like i'm a master at submissions so it doesn't matter what you throw i will find a way to submit you that was really cool um choking out her you know with it with that lower triangle was really really dope um it just like i said it just there were some parts of that match that didn't really click for me and some of it just felt a little bit sloppy and it wasn't the greatest match i'm going to give it a two but it's a high end two it's like it's not it's not terrible. It's not a terrible match, but it just seemed like a regular NXT television match, which basically sounds bad because I think it was. A, I think these two are good. It's just it it didn't do a lot for me. Yep, I could not agree more. This to me, very middle of the road match. Um, I didn't have any problems with it, but I also didn't love it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good finish. I think it it continues to build uh Baszler as dangerous and dominant force so yeah I you know two and a half stars is exactly I think where this belongs just right right smack in the middle it's fine yeah 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 all right moving on we had the best two out of three falls match with Adam Cole baby going up against Johnny Wrestling Johnny Gargano in a three stages of hell match uh so this one First, Cole wins the first fall via disqualification when basically Johnny let him win uh, because right. he, he he pulled the chair out and wanted to get in some licks on Cole and was willing to give up that fall to hopefully hurt his opponent. Uh, and then Gargano, of course, after softening him up, won the second fall in that street fight. Uh, and then for the third fall... We had what you, I see you put down here in the notes, and this is kind of the only way I could describe it as well, the murder cage. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally a cage of murder. Yes, this was Steven Regal's third fall of his choosing. It was, we'll call it the murder cage. Um, It was a cage match with weapons tied to all sides of the cage, barbed wire across the top, um, tables tied to the sides, chairs. It was insane. Uh, yeah, and so Cole wins that one in, I, if there's one thing I'm going to knock this match for, it's, I don't know what was supposed to happen in the finish, it was a little weird, so at the very end, Gargano pulls out the wire cutters, clips off some barbed wire, climbs to the top of the cage to do something, they both end up on a table, 
and then they both take a spill off the table in onto some other tables in the middle of the ring. Um, Cole gets a wicked scrape on his back that you saw immediately after that fall. It felt terrible for the guy. He must have been on some of the metal from the table, uh, but rolls over on top of Gargano for the win. I, I don't know what the hell they were going for with the barbed wire thing other than maybe just say, oh, he's dangerous. He's got some barbed wire. I thought he was going to you know, wrap it around his fist or around a bat or something, but um, man, this was my match of the night. Uh, this is the one that I, I predicted to be a showstopper. Did not disappoint me at all. Uh, five stars for me, or five five oh years. I really like this match. I, I love this match. I love the story it tells of Johnny, because Johnny Gargano is an idiot. Uh, which is the story it tells. It's like it's like every time there's a match like this, he's gonna find a way to fuck it up. He always does. Like he did it with Tommaso. Like this is what it is. I love this match, but I wasn't in love with this match. You know, like I. Well, it was following two match of the year candidates between both of these guys already, right? Yeah. From previous takeovers. Yeah, and I, I do think this is the weaker one. And, like, this one, like, okay, so I'm not a big, like, your finish should be the finish. But they took how many tequilas, like, uh, uh, um, Panama Sunrises? They took how many, like... It was a lot. There was a lot of command. Like there was a lot of flipping pile drivers. No, I, I actually, you know what? I will agree with you there. And, and I am a guy that is like, you know what? Stop with the false finishes, using the other guy's finish, and or just yeah, not not letting him win with his finish. To me, I think wrestling has kind of ruined that. Where back in the eighties, it used to mean if you hit your finish on a guy, the match was over, guaranteed. Uh, and then you know, I think it was really. I hate to say it, my favorite wrestler, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, that kind of kind of ruined that. You know, in um, one of the WrestleMania matches where then they were kicking out of each other's finish, then they used each other's finish on each other, which is another trope that wrestlers can't help but do nowadays. I hate that. I hate it. I, I think it it takes away from a lot of the drama of matches. And yeah, if there's one thing I will fault this match for, it's like kind of over-relying on the near-fall and the false finishes, and I wish they wouldn't have to do that. Just do other things. You have other moves yeah. and spots to hit. You don't have to use your finisher four times to beat a guy. Yeah, and that, that's that's the only thing I didn't like about it. Now, to be fair, the Tequila Sunrise is not his finish. I mean, I'm just kidding. The Panama Sunrise, I keep calling it Tequila Sunrise. It's a different move, but the Panama Sunrise isn't his finish, but... It's a flipping power driver. <laughs> like, that should be, like, the end-all, be-all destroyer move. Um, but, I again, I like the match. I love those. Those guys are still my favorite wrestlers. But that's a, it's a four for me, man. All right. Like, I love right. the EO Shrive match a lot more. The four for me. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, basically, on average, we had four and a half. Oh, yes. Not a bad score at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! Man, yeah. So, overall... What would you rank this show, Tia? What would you give this? Oh, overall, this show is a solid four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I think the stuff that I didn't like, it never really held on too long. Um, I think everybody looked like a star. It was what you want from your company. All your champions look incredibly strong and incredibly smart. Like, I don't know what else you would what you would want from a show. I, I loved it from top to bottom. And also, Austin Theory got on television... Um, that's the guy that you're going to be rooting for in like two two takeovers from now, everybody. All right. Well, they made sure to call that out too. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Again, I think this is the 
it's a four star show or four oh yes yeah show. The one issue I, I forgot to bring up earlier, I kind of took exception to, is the fact that both women's matches had submission finishes. Uh, I thought that was a little and, – and, and similar-looking even finishers in that one. Um, and so I thought that was a little like, huh, I wonder why, wonder why they did that. I barely take issue with that though. I think I think the both finishes worked in the context of their match. But just overall on a show where you only have the two women's matches, it is a little odd when they have uh, – both have the same finish. But other than that, solid, solid show. Like we said, there was – even the, the matches that weren't like highlights – were very solid matches that did what they needed to do and kept me engaged and interested. Uh, and I also love the length of NXT TakeOvers. They're the perfect length. So yeah, for, for, oh yes, for NXT TakeOver Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on to SummerSlam 2019. We open with the 205 Live match, uh, the matchup that you were calling your showstopper. Uh, unfortunately, they placed this one in the opener. Drew Gulak defeats Oni Lorcan in um, exactly what we predicted to be a, a hell of a hard-hitting match between two cruiserweights. You know, I've seen a lot of people call this match boring. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. It wasn't like, boring. I think this is a- it, was, it was an opener. The crowd wasn't even in the stadium to really see it. Yeah. I think that's more what it was. Like, there just wasn't a lot of people there to react to it. It was a fine match. It was just, just yeah. it was totally fine. I, I, yeah, I think it wasn't as great as I wanted it to be, but I think um, if you guys look at what happened afterwards, I think we're getting out to that road because they basically now want to just beat the shit out of each other, and Ori Lorcan is a crazy bad man. And I love what it sets up. So right now in their feud, they are picking their own teams to go up against each other where they're the team captains. I think that's great. I think this match was a – yeah, it's, it's, it, it is kicking off a feud that we're probably going to see – these guys wrestle each other uh, in a couple pay-per-views coming up. Yeah, I think it was a I think it was a fine match. Uh, this is a three star for me. Um, I loved it. Absolutely, I loved every second of it. I thought the ending was really great because I am a huge fan of throat-based offense. So punching somebody in the throat and then, ch- then you know hitting a move is great. I loved it. It was a it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yep. Three, for- three 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 oh yes. Further, Drew Gulak's character as well of. Uh, He's kind of has his mean streak and he'll do anything he can to win. Couldn't agree more again. Why do I keep agreeing with you? But no, uh, yeah, I'll give this one three. Oh, yes, as well, too. Uh, these guys, you know, they, they did what they could in the spot that they had on the show. I thought it was a fine way uh, to kind of, yeah, kick things off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, coming up next, we had Buddy Murphy defeating Apollo Crews via disqualification. Yeah, we didn't pick this match because this wasn't announced, and yeah. I don't want to rate it because I thought it was again. This was if there, this week has been for anybody, it's been for Buddy Murphy, like people who did not watch Two Hundred Five Live, yeah, to see like, oh, this guy can really go. Um, and this was a very fun match, but I think it was bogged down with the Rowan stuff and like being tied to that Roman Reigns storyline. Yes, which. Which gave us one of the funniest moments this week from SmackDown with Daniel Bryan uh, up in Buddy Murphy's face. <laughs> and, and some really good memes came out of that thing too. But yeah, um, and and hey, it led into one of the matches, uh, gosh, one of the matches of the year so far with Buddy Murphy versus Roman Reigns. But yeah, um, this one just wasn't a great match and I don't even think it's really worth rating. And the fact that we didn't predict it because it wasn't announced, eh, it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah, um, put Apollo Crews on more shows. I love Apollo Crews. I want to see more of Apollo Crews. Please do that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Paula um, Cruz, solid wrestler, very good athlete. Gets he can do anything, anything you need him to or want him to in the ring. Unfortunately, my my biggest problem with Apollo Cruz is he doesn't really have a memorable character. He's just you know, all right, you're Apollo Cruz, you're really good wrestler, and you know, no, nothing there to yeah. really wow me. But yeah, it's fine. All right, moving on. We got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Iconics. Oh, I want to love this match. Side. He starts. I want to. <laughs> I want to love this match. I love both of these teams. I think these. I think. I think everyone who's in this match is a really good wrestler. I honestly mean. I honestly believe that. So I hate being. I really also hate being really negative against about women's wrestling because uh, I'm a huge women's wrestling fan. But man, this match was the pits, and I don't know why it was booked the way it was, and it was not fun whatsoever. Um, I'm glad that Alexa Bliss and um, and Nikki Cross had the belts because maybe they will actually start doing stuff with the belt. But yeah, I don't. Not a huge fan of this of this of this one. No, I wasn't a huge fan of this match. This is my first one. Uh, my first one. Yeah. Match. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just a yeah. Um, agreed. I I like Alexa Bliss. I like Nikki Cross. I like man. The Iconics are great. They they remind me of kind of what heels used to be, which is they have this weird arrogance. They get they they act more than wrestle in their matches. I, I you know it's but they um I, they're they're just super entertaining to watch. But yeah, this match did absolutely nothing for me. Nothing memorable. Not even really worth talking about that much. Um, yeah, I would give this. I'll give it like one and a half years. So yeah, on average, we got one point two five years. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're you're definitely nice. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, now we now here's a match. Uh, we had Becky Lynch defeating Natalia in her home country of Canada and in a match that frankly made both competitors look great um, I'm really glad they let Natty shine she got in lots of offense they had a lot of back and forth with the submissions um, ultimately we both called it there's no way you're gonna take heat off the man you want Becky the man Lynch to go over and she did but yeah I think um, I think this was a solid solid match uh, you know for me it's it's really good. Uh, it was a really good match. Nothing super memorable though. Again, so uh, this is a solid three. Oh years. Yeah. So for me, I I would say that yeah, it was a very. I love submission wrestling. I love submission wrestling matches. Um, I had no expectation for this because I am not the huge biggest. I'm not the biggest uh, uh, natty fan. But this match was really great. It reminded me of. Do you remember the the uh, dungeon match between? Uh, uh, is Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock that was refereed by um, by uh, what was the USC guy Dan Severin? Remember that match back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Like it had that kind of a flavor to it, which I love. Um, so yeah, no, I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really fun match. Uh, Becky's great, and I can't wait to see what she does next. <laughs> Because I'm all about that yeah. next storyline. So, yeah. This was, to me, three. I agree with you. Three. Yeah. yeah! Yeah! Here's a match that, I'll be honest, wasn't so good and wasn't so much of a match. We had Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler in the squash match we all predicted it would be. But this never even was a match. Like, dude. Okay. So, 
I get that you're going to have Goldberg go over big. I get that he's going to squash Dolph Ziggler. But when you have the guy in the company, whether he's you know melodramatic or not and oversells, which we both think he does, he can take a bump and he can sell. To only do two moves on the guy before the official match is over to the point where I almost wondered, like when they kept sending Goldberg back out, I'm like, is Vince in someone's headphones like, no, get him back out there, pal. We need to give the crowd more because it was like. Dude, this was terrible. This was my this is my first zero oh yes. I can't give this a score because there's nothing to score. It's look, it's great to see Goldberg go out and do the Goldberg thing and spear people and jackhammer people. That's fun and that's neat. But I wanna see more than two moves. I wanna see the guy have longer than thirty seconds at any given time. Um dude, this this why even do this? This was a spectacle that wasn't even really worth watching, so yeah, zero oh yes. I'm going to say this is my first negative. This is my oh no. Um, I don't. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, so this match was already doomed for me personally. I don't like. I'm not a huge Goldberg fan, and I hate Dolph Ziggler. I hate watching him wrestle. I hate hearing him on the mic. I think he's just. I think he's just booty. I just. He needs to go. Just go away. Just go away. Um, this match is what it was and what we thought it was. The interest was longer than the actual match. Um, Dolph Ziggler sucks. And the fact that I was irritated that they he kept on calling out Goldberg was like literally anything else. We could have literally done anything else. We could have put Alistair Black and Sami Zayn on this show instead of having you take three more of these stupid... Spears, like, uh, it was bad. Didn't care for it. Hated it. Hated every second of it. Yep. So, zero ooh yes from us. So, TL, you're trying to go negative negative one? Obviously, or would you give it? I, I would say negative one. It's All not, right. it wasn't an atrocity to my eyes. I just All hated right. it. So, we're at negative half, half negative ooh yeah. Maybe we'll do the um, macho hyperventilating clips of the, <laughs> 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 like an, an inhale, like, ooh. Uh, yeah, because this thing was, dude. Like I said, it was spectacle. There was some entertainment in seeing him nail nail someone with the spear. And the jackhammer is always – to me, it's one of my favorite moves of all time. Just super impressive how long he could hold like big dudes up in that. But yeah, it's like I'm sorry, but you got to do more. Like you're collecting probably a huge paycheck. So It's enough to get me to the boiling point. All right, moving on. In what I predicted to be the showstopper, AJ Styles uh, versus Ricochet, um, frankly, disappointed a little bit for me. And this has kind of been the story between these two guys. It was a very good match, don't get me wrong, but it was not the showstopper I was hoping it would be. Uh, I would say, though, it was very solid. Uh, the story of that match, though, was we knew Ricochet would have to kind of fight off the OC, who would prove to be a distraction, and ultimately the OC would help AJ go over. That's exactly what happened. Um, it was a fun match. Lots of there was a couple really cool, fun spots. Uh, especially was it was when Ricochet was running on the guy's shoulders. Is that is that yeah yeah that was really cool. Um, you know AJ whenever he does the uh, Styles Clash off a rope. I just pray that no one will get paralyzed. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, for me, this was very solid uh, three and a half, ooh yeah, match. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm in the exact same route. I think it's exactly three and a half. I agree with you completely. It was a fun match. I don't think they really went out of the gates. I'm still waiting for some, like, I'm just waiting for somebody that has that great chemistry with AJ Styles like John Cena had. Because, um, like, quiet has been kept. SummerSlam is usually the AJ Styles event. Like, AJ Styles had really great matches in SummerSlam. Um, but this match was just fine. I loved that they brought back the low-key finish, so... The finish of the match is the same thing he did against Low-Key and also Kota Ibushi, um, where they would flip into the Styles Clash. So I thought that was really fun. Um, it's just that Ricochet is just a little bit too tall. I saw, I definitely saw him hit the back of his head first before getting the Styles Clash. So yeah. that's that's never fun. But I thought it was a really fun match. Um, I like I like that the OC is there. I love I love factions. It looks like they're building the OC um, New Day. At Survivor Series, so I hope that happens. But yeah, I, I actually that, for that that's a great point. So what are you what are you giving this one? About three, three and a half? No, three and a half. That's what I said. Yeah. I opened okay. three and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. So three and a half. Oh yes. Yeah. I will say someone on the uh, Wrestle Time community on Facebook, uh, kind of Laser Time semi official wrestling fan community, um, they pointed out that factions whenever it's just three guys. It almost starts to look sad, and it, they're not so much a stable or a faction as just like three friends who have teamed up. And I think if you are going to have the OC, the quasi Bullet Club, the WWE's version of the Bullet Club, whatever you want to call them, um, you, they need to start absorbing more members. They they need this to be Get like Finn Balor. Thank you, we're gonna, thank you. We're that's where I'm headed. That's where I was headed. But yeah, that's we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that, get to yeah Balor. that's that's. If you're going to make this a threatening faction, they need to – and one of the threats needs to be anyone at any time could go rogue and go bad and go over to the OC just like we were talking about Kenta with Bullet Club. Like that was a shock to people. That's what right. you kind of need them to be. And by the way, WWE has rights to one of the most successful rebel rogue factions ever. Actually, two of them. Um, but <laughs> right. but but these guys could either be the new NWO or the new Degeneration X. So why why did you have to use the OC? You know you can't use Bullet Club. I get it. But uh, go NWO, man. Like just they, start up a they, new I mean, NWO. They literally were stealing the NWO's gimmick. Just make them the new NWO. Yes, yes. The click, which is the clicks gimmick. They just do the whole click thing with the little hand yeah, kiss. Just make thing. them the click. Thank Just you. Just make them the click. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think if you want to make them like a serious faction, you you do have to have the threat of them absorbing someone. I think it'd be an amazing storyline if you had Finn Balor. I think Finn should fight it for like a year, and then when Finn is ready and needs that heel turn, you wait and you put him over his heel, and oh, that will he will skyrocket. His career will it'll be like the Rock. When you know he went heel and and got huge, and then finally they had to turn him face again. That's the kind of thing Finn Balor needs right now. Uh, and yeah, that's what the Click, the NWO, whatever the hell you want to call them, that's what they could do. But they kind of need they need something. You know, right now they're just three dudes. And like you said, okay, they might go up against New Day. That's cool, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, yeah they need something. Although New Day, man, can you imagine New Day kind of going heel and being part of like an NWO and being like that? A little bit funny. Well, they kind of were with yeah. Because yeah. remember, they were heel at the same time. Seth was heel. I remember that. And they would they called Seth the captain, and like to me, that's my 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 idyllic new day is is the new day 
as yeah. currently proposed with Seth Rollins and then also uh, Wade Barrett and just show that gif of Wade Barrett dancing with the New Day. Like, that's that's my ideal New Day faction faction. And if you're wondering why we're spending so much time talking about this, it's because there's really nothing to say about the next match. Uh, Bailey defeated Ember Moon in the most forgettable match of the night, maybe of in a long time. This was not a good match. There was, it was, they both, neither of them did a bad job. There was just like literally nothing to talk about or remember. It was exactly what we would have predicted happening. We both predicted Bailey would win. She won in unspectacular fashion. Uh, I'm sorry, but just just a quick rating. This is a, this is a one and a half. Oh yeah, from me. Uh, wow, you gave it a half more than I did. That's one. This match, it sucks because they deserve better. Both of them are uh, much better wrestlers than what they're wrestling. Like I don't. But know. they had. It's, it's just, not like they didn't have the time. It's not like WWE rushed them or anything. It's like they no, they, they it's had just, plenty of time. It was just boring. They just don't have chemistry with each other. Mm-hmm. And it I, th- sucks. I think Bailey. It's weird. I don't think she has chemistry with a lot of people. I think Bailey has has been floundering in WWE. I think she is the perfect type of star for NXT, but I just I don't think her character. I don't know. There's just maybe it's she doesn't have the right foil in in like a good heel to go against or something. Um, but the the Bailey character, you know, from NXT has not been a success in WWE. And yeah, I think it's a shame. But hey maybe WWE is not for everyone and maybe she just needs some time. Maybe she could go back to NXT and do some amazing things before you bring her back up. I don't know, but whatever it is, something needs to change. Cause this was, this was a snooze fest. Yeah. It was definitely not fun at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Up next, you had another Canadian, Kevin Owens, uh, going up against Shane McMahon and going over against Shane McMahon, defeating him. So, yeah, I, this was one of those I was pleasantly surprised that they let KO win. I thought for sure there'd be some kind of disqualification finish or something like that. Uh, but he beat him. He beat him in a a good guy heel way of he he threatened that he was going to use the chair. And then when the ref was distracted, he hit Shane with the low blow uh, and then went over, which I think totally works for KO's character. Um, I thought this was... A totally solid, fine match. Nothing too memorable. Uh, I don't think it hurts anyone. I don't think it hurts Shane. I don't think it hurts KO. Um, but I, I would. This is square in the middle. Uh, two and a half. Oh yeah, match for me. Yeah, uh, I'm just tired of the storyline. I'm really tired of it. I really hate it. Um, Shane looks like he looks like a chicken shit heel, which he should. Uh, but so, so Brandon Stroud, who writes for uh, Up Rocks made the perfect point. The thing that always bothers me about Shane and Stephanie in this authority role is that they look too, they like, they are too focused to look, like, they don't look dumb. They're always like, oh, I, well, if I make a mistake, well, I'm just above it because I'm, like, this top guy. And the thing that made Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, the character, work was he was, like, the boss but he was willing to make himself, like, a cartoonishly stupid person. And, yeah, he would, he could be the buffoon in addition to being conniving, he yeah he could be a heel and a card, and and he let Stone Cold get over on him. That's what that's what made it so fun. Is people were going, man, I can't get one over on my boss at work, but this guy Stone Cold Steve Austin, the, the working man, the everyday man, he gets to beat up on his boss and get him get over on his boss all the time, and that's what's fun. Right. So it, I'm just I if I never have to see Shane McMahon wrestle again, I'll be fine. 
because like he, it just it just sucks. I I but this match was fine. Kevin won. That's what I want. That's who I wanted to win. But two stars. It I mean, two two oh yes. Was it was it great? It just was. It is what it was. All right, so split the difference with us. We got two and a quarter years on that match. A, a totally fine match. Yeah, I'm glad KO won. Uh, to me, I'm, it's more interesting that it sets up him versus Elias in the first round of the King of the Ring tournament because um, Elias was the special guest referee. I guess you had to have something to do with Elias during SummerSlam. So, yeah, uh, you know, it was a totally fine match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, moving on, we had uh, Charlotte Flair defeating local Canadian girl Trish Stratus coming back to the ring in a decent match. I think, uh, you know, Trish had a little ring rust to work off there. I think Charlotte is at the top of her game. She's one of the best in the women's division. So I think Charlotte was kind of carrying a lot of this match, which is so weird to say for a Trish Stratus match. But hey, I mean, you can't blame her. It's been a long time. Um, I thought it was solid. Again, though, Nothing too memorable for me. Um, you know, the storyline, I, I I just wasn't feeling the match. So this was a solid another two and two and a half. Oh, yeah, match for me. Yeah, it was a fine. It was a fine goodbye to uh, to to Trish. Cause she, I think she announced that this is officially like her her retirement match. So that was a very nice goodbye for Trish. Um, I'm a huge Charlotte stan. Like I I. I'm, I'm here. I think Charlotte's really great in the ring. Um, even though I never want to see her do another moonsault after seeing Io Shirai do a moonsault. But that's because Io Shirai is a literal goddess. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was a fine match. Um, two, two and a half stars. Absolutely. Or two and a half. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'm going to get, I'm going to have to break myself from that. Uh, I know, but I, I keep accidentally wanting to do it as well. But we established the rating scale, so we have to stick with it. Two and a half. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, in a great, you know, a match that really just serves to, uh, establish Charlotte as dominant in the women's division. So she has another kind of notch in her belt to be able to say, I took down the legend Trish Stratus. You know, I'm the, I am the legend killer, uh, Randy Orton style, which is great. So, Totally fine with me, but yeah, two and a half. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up next, we had Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton in a match that, TL, you were saying you never thought you would get to see. And unfortunately, it's a match where we didn't get to see a fair or a good finish. This was the only match that had, like, I'll say it, a bullshit ending. The, this, the ending of this match is bullshit. This fucking sucks. The double this, count out. Fucking... Dude, a double count out when done right. I actually, you know, some people are always opposed to count out finishes. I actually think the reason you have the count out rule is you, it can be an okay finish. But the way this one happened was like bullshit. Like, oh, they both got distracted and counted out. It's like, no, that's dumb. Like, I think du- double count out works if it's like, oh, wow, they beat the shit out of each other and knocked each other out and neither one could get up. But this. Well, it's setting up, you know, they basically want to continue the feud. And that's the thing is, this feud has the best story of any match on on the card. Of, you know, Randy holding Kofi down for years and, and kind of canceling his push back in the day. Um, and so, I guess the, the silver lining here is they will get a little bit more juice out of this feud. And it sets them up to fight each other again at a, a different show down the road. Um but yeah, very disappointed that it was a double count out, like non-finish, you know. So for me, uh, that fact alone, the, the thing that was a bit of a shame is it was actually the finish put left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. But in terms of the match itself, 
Um, I think it was a totally fine match. I think they were doing a pretty good job. But the the finish just ruins it for me. So, yeah, one and a half. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I can't rate this. Uh, because it, it hurt me. It physically hurt me. It was a really fun match up until that. Uh, these guys actually have chemistry. Is exactly how I felt in 20, you know, in... 2009, uh, I think it was. 2009, yeah, 2009, when they did their thing. These guys have really good chemistry together. These guys can make beautiful music together. I want them to make beautiful music together. I don't know why you would hold off the... I don't know why you do your bullshit finish on SummerSlam, which is supposed to be your second biggest pay-per-view. Yeah, that's what you do on the go home show on Raw, like before the pay per view, or like, or like the the bullshit pay per view before SummerSlam, yeah, that lead to the big SummerSlam match. Like, I don't get it. It's the most frustrating thing, and it just pisses me off. I can't, I can't rate, I can't rate it. It's like it's just bad. It's a bad. It was a bad, bad ending. Yep. I I I actively don't want to see this feud anymore. Because of this, because of the ending of this match. All right, so zero, zero, oh yes, or just a non-rating, just dis- disqualified. Disqualified, absolutely. Wow, our first DQ match of the match of the show. I hate you. I hate you. All right, moving on. We had a match that actually was way better than I thought it would be, uh, and Bray Wyatt as the fiend. Seemingly reviving his career from the dead. Like, this dude a year ago was stuck in the water. It was, it was hard to watch because he, he was, he just had so many good things about him, but you're just like, God, he's just boring. I don't know. But this match was actually pretty good, and the Fiend defeated Finn Balor. And this match has a lot of, there's a lot of good buzz about the Fiend character coming out of this match. I was very surprised. All the way. This whole match. Is a five oh yeah match across the board. What? First of all, Bray what? Bray, Bray Wyatt's entrance. That is a that is a one million percent for oh No. It the entrance was fine. Was. The lantern was amazing. <laughs> the lantern with the, oh my so there's a good gif. Uh so WWE does this watch along thing with Johnny Gargano watching it his jaw is just awesome his jaw is just a gape he's like what he's like, yeah yeah no I, I yeah the the i i love bray wyatt and this is so wild because i never i i i thought the i thought the i thought the originally the original like an old early nxt fcw kind of uh the fear uh, uh cape fear uh, gimmick he was doing, I thought that was very interesting. When he went to more of a doing it kind of like a um, uh, uh, Charles Manson type thing, I, I, I wasn't really a huge fan of it. But this, this fiend thing, I, it's money. I love everything about it. I, mm. I love, I love the mask. I love, I love his new mannerisms when he wrestles. He wrestles way more aggressively. Um, him losing like what, like twenty or thirty pounds, mm-hmm. he looks. Tr- phenomenal right now yeah. like i love everything about this and this match was great and he had a great opponent i can't wait for wrestlemania please please do fiend versus demon at wrestlemania i will give oh, you, i oh. that's what that's what they have to do that's what this has to be oh. that's what this is leading up toward i dude you're gonna be so mad at me um this was <laughs> I, this was a good match don't get me wrong this was a good match i think it was a good start to a feud 
I think you nailed it. Like the fiend, dude. I thought at first I was like, this is stupid. Like the fiend character is dumb. Like I'm not talking at pay per view, but leading up to it, I was like, this mask looks stupid. I really like kind of the stuff he was doing um, with the Firefly Funhouse. I thought that was it. Was like, oh wow. I thought when he got in the ring and he started to do the dual personality thing of like, oh, he's fighting internally with his head. I thought his acting was kind of bad, like his, you know, but what I did like is when he was like clearly being the fiend, how he would like no sell stuff from Finn. I, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, cause you can't see his facial expressions, so he doesn't need to sell and he doesn't. And it's, it's disturbing. Um, but the match as a whole, I thought was really good. But I think it's a nice appetizer for for a feud that, frankly, they get to continue a feud that never really got didn't have the chance to get started before. But I have to, yes. I, I can only give this a three oh yeah match. It was solid, but it could have been better. But it's okay because I think it'll lead to some amazing things down the road. So I'm I'm at a three oh yes. Remember when SummerSlam was supposed to be the freaking. Demon Halloweeny versus Sister Abigail when he wore the stupid veil over his. Look how dumb that was. That was two years ago. It wasn't that long ago, and now we have the Fiend. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think I think I the Fiend it so is. Much. It proved itself as okay. You can make a real character out of this, and he, dude, Bray Wyatt is a showman. Uh, WWE, if they do nothing else right, they do production really well, and I thought the production was amazing. I thought. What a way to give Bray Wyatt's entrance back its heat because it had lost a little bit of its luster. But at one time, that was the best entrance in the entire company. You know, it, it you know yeah. it was Undertaker level entrance, um, and now it's back, and now it has this <laughs> this edge, and it's terrifying, and it's like Matthew the Kid remix of the song. Yeah, like yeah, the cr- <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, dude, like how how do you bring back that entrance and make it better? They did it. It reminded me of like, you know, like when Nakamura has his heel version of his entrance where they change like oh. the strings and stuff. But, oh, yeah. It, is, it has the, it's like the, the Japanese rap version over it. Like, yes. Yeah. I, I yeah. love I So love I that. thought, yeah. dude, don't get me wrong. But yeah, the match itself, three. Oh, yes. And again, to me, that is, that is very good, but not hasn't yet achieved greatness. So let's split the difference and we're going to call it a four. Oh, yeah. Rating on this match. Yeah. 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 All right, and then this, in the surprise match of the night, this to me became the real showstopper. Seth Rollins defeated Brock Lesnar in a hell of a match. Match of the night, in fact. Like, dude, Brock, you talk about SummerSlam is AJ's show. SummerSlam is Brock's show, and it's been Brock's show for the past few years. Like, this is the one time of year, I don't know what it is, where Brock decides, no, I'm going to show people what I can do and what it is they like about the Brock Lesnar character. Um, and it was a hell of a match, dude. Like, it, you know, classic storyline, David versus Goliath. Uh, Dave, you know, and coming into the match, Seth had the thing, oh, he's injured. The spot where Brock spun Seth around by the bandages around his midsection, I'm going to remember that forever. That was hilarious, but also brutal looking and just like, that man is a monster and powerful and holy smokes. This was a very, very good match. I'm going to give this – this is a four oh yeah match for me. Yeah, so my thing about Brock is when he is motivated, there's no one better. Like when he like actually gives a shit about what he's going to do, 
there's literally no one in the company better. Um, probably no one better who's ever done it. But he is actively motivated and happy about what he does. And he really likes Seth because he gave Seth a lot. Um, this match ruled. And it, again, I was not looking forward to this match. I thought it was okay. I thought the storyline was stupid. We talked about it in the prediction. Like, I literally thought, like, they had booked it to, like, make Seth like the world's biggest loser. And he just came out there and he fucking did it. Yep. Um, it's great. Um, I'm with you. I give it a four. It didn't reach. Like, it's not Cena. To me, the pinnacle at SummerSlam is Cena, AJ Styles. Cause that match is like, just the, one of the best matches I've ever seen in my fucking life. But it's up there, man. It's a really good match. It is one of Brock, one of my favorite matches Brock's had since he's come back. Yeah. I really, really do. Oh, and the, the, the finish, man. Like that curb stomp out of, I'm sorry, I know they don't call it the curb stomp anymore. It's a curb, but the, the stomp, that looked brutal. Like Brock took it like it was a legit, like he was getting his head stomped onto the mat. It looked amazing. It made Seth look strong, which I, I came in. Remember saying, hey, I prefer heel Seth, but dude, yeah, it, it was a strong finish. So we're both four, oh, yes, on this one. Match of the night for you as well? Yeah, easily match of the night. I wanted to say Gulak. But that, that was just too short. Too short to be that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And overall, though, here's it, it's it's kind of weird to say, hey, match of the night, only four oh yes, which again, four oh yes is amazing rating. Um, but yeah. overall, this show to me just did what it needed to do and was just fine. We we talked about there were some low spots in this show. There was definitely some low points. There were some decent high points. There was some amazing high points. Overall, just middle of the road, this was a three oh yeah show. Yeah, I mean we talked about it um when we did I agree with you, I believe it's a a three and that may be pushing it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe two seven five. Two seven five feel a little bit better to you? Yeah, that kind of feels a little feels, better. Feels about me. right to me as well. Let's go two seven five. Two point seven five oh yeah for SummerSlam. But yeah, we talked about it. It felt it felt like a holding pattern pay per view. And that's, to me, that's what it was. It was just a holding pattern. Like, it, we're just waiting until we actually start letting cut, self cut loose. And it sucks because it's a big four, but it just felt like, you know, well, we're just kind of, you know, twiddling our thumbs. Next time is when we're going to actually do what we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest, in a time where WWE really can't afford to take any time off and just have mediocre or okay shows because there's never been a better time to be a professional wrestling fan when you have things like the G1 tournament going on. I mean, if you look at match of the year candidates from like the past three or four years, like literally nine of the top 10 spots will be, will be new Japan. And then like maybe one or two might be, you know, uh, NXT match or something like that. So it's like WWE really needs to, they need to do, they need to do better. But this show was fine. It, it was, you know, like I don't think anyone would be pissed off for, for watching this show. But uh, yeah, it was definitely not as memorable as we would have liked. So yeah, two point seven five. Ooh yes, for SummerSlam twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, let's we we had our prediction show, which again is a Patreon exclusive prediction show. You can only get access to that show by subscribing at the five dollar or more level at patreon.com slash laser time. Overall though, in terms of calling the matches, the ones that we were able to call that were on the card, TL, you ended up going eight and six on this one. Not a bad prediction score, but I topped you. I got ten and four. 
You know, I was just glad that I I placed um, over 500 is a great record. Um, screw you, Triple H, for not giving Undisputed Era all of the gold. <laughs> yeah, but then screw I would then I would have been 12 and two, dude. But screw you, Shayna Baszler, for not leaving NXT. And that's about it. All that's right. that's it. All right. all right. Moving on to an all new segment we like to call the three count. We like the Backstreet Boys in sync too. Britney Spears is kind of cute. We watch TRL on MTV. Everybody three count. One, two, three. One, two, three. So what the three count is, is TL and I have picked our top three things in all the world of professional wrestling going on right now. So the top three things, that's our it's our one, two, three, the three count. So TL, let's kick it off with your number three. What is your number three thing that you're loving right now in the world of professional wrestling? All right, uh, so the number three thing I'm loving right now is the Twitter account of one, formerly Stokey, ha- uh, Stokey Holloway, uh, Michael Be- Malcolm Bevins, excuse me, in NXT, he is a manager in NXT. Uh, he has a really great Twitter account. If you ever see, like, wrestlers will retweet it. A guy complaining about his Walkman to different uh, wrestlers. Or about his chicken sandwich that was... Uh, his Zaxby's chicken sandwich that was eaten by another wrestler. Uh, he is great. Uh, love him so much. He's a great Twitter follow. follow. If you are, 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 um, are um, video game fans, if you love Hideki uh, Kamiya, like how he blocks people... You should watch. You should go to. You should listen, you know, follow Michael uh, Evans on Twitter. Absolutely, Great and Twitter Poison follow. slaps. And his time in Belle Biv DeVoe was amazing. Oh wait, now that was... his name is literally a reference because of that. <laughs> <laughs> when they said, "Change your name," he's like, "Okay, I'm naming myself uh, Michael Bevins. <laughs> instead so, of Michael yes. Bivins from Belle Biv DeVoe. All right, yes. all right. Well, my number three. We talked about it earlier. We talked about the need for this earlier. My number three right now, though, is AEW TV. And you may say to yourself, "Well, wait, how do, how is this number three? It's not even on." The fact that both of the TV shows that they've booked already are sold out already, so people are excited. They are getting hype for AEW TV. And so, yeah, for me, that is that is just the hotness. I think any any show that they start to sell tickets, AEW, it looks like they might get some sellouts right now. And so, yeah, that is they're coming on strong. They're making themselves known on the scene. Uh, they are establishing themselves as a competitor to WWE. Although, you know, I'd, I'd say it's more. I don't know that it's going to be like you're going to switch from WWE to AEW, but it's a nice alternative to have. Uh, so, yeah, AEW TV is my number three on the three count. Moving on to number two, what you got, TL? Uh, so my number two is um, Akucha Okada versus Kenta. Their their match of the G one was my match of the G one final. Um, that match just fucking just owned. Um, like I said, I love Kenta being able to fight uh, people like Okada, fight Tanahashi because again he didn't fight these guys. When he was in Japan, because he was wrestling in New Japan, you know, they were, he was wrestling in Noah, which was a rival, um, you know, it was a, he, he was wrestling pro wrestling Noah, which was a rival organization. So being able to see Okada and Kenta have this fucking just tremendous match in the G1, just owned. And 
I love seeing Kent in his element. So absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. One of the things I loved so far right now in wrestling. All right. Yeah, my number two, sort of related to your number two, I'm just going to go a bit more broad and just say, hey, the number two hottest thing in wrestling to me right now, it continues to be probably one of the best times of the year for wrestling, but the entire New Japan G1 tournament, uh, every year you can count on at least two or three match of the year candidates coming out of this tournament, if not more. Uh, it's just an exciting time where you get to see if you're if you just want to see good wrestling, good ring work, uh, you need to be watching the G1 tournament. Um, it's amazing. So G1 climax, I should say. Right. Um, so, yeah, yes. you do need to be watching New Japan's G1 climax tournament. It is it's amazing. It's been amazing. I know next year it'll also be amazing. So, yeah, that is my number two. Moving on with our number one in the three count, our number one thing currently going on in, in professional wrestling, TL. Io Shirai. Um, I, if, if you haven't noticed this by now, I love Io Shirai. I, I just, everything about her is great. She's a terrific professional wrestler. I love her new gimmick. I love everything about her. Io Shirai is seriously seriously the best damn thing ever uh my buddy joe garcia 123 said on twitter this was one of the great things i agree it's like he's like i love becky lynch but how can anyone say that eos rise like their favorite wrestler she fucking rolls and it's just yeah i'm a huge eo for life for life absolutely yeah, I think I think specifically heel Io Shirai is exactly what she needed to be. Uh, you can tell she's more comfortable in this role. Um, she's got attitude. She is going to. We were talking a little bit about the NXT Women's Division and how dominant Shayna Baszler is be, it was, and how it's like, well, who's going to be able to compete with Shayna Baszler? Uh, Io Shirai is the answer of who can compete with Shayna Baszler and. She is amazing in the ring. She can do high flying moves. She can do submission moves. She can do strong style. She's yeah, yeah. I agree with you. She's she is smoking hot right now. Uh, yeah, someone to keep your eye on. Io Shirai. Now my number one. And talk about shows that are just consistently good. We talked about it during our preview show. Uh, but NXT takeovers, man. Like it, it. I don't. There are a few things in professional wrestling as consistently good as NXT takeovers. Like they're just, they're always good. Like they are amazing shows. They are the perfect length. Uh, I love, you know, NXT has a lot of churn in their roster. A lot of people go into WWE. Doesn't matter. They, they just always come back strong and outdo themselves show over show. NXT takeovers. If you are not watching NXT or NXT takeovers, what are you doing as a wrestling fan? You need to be watching these. Um, they are amazing. You get several quality shows guaranteed if you subscribe to WWE Network. Uh, yeah, man. NXT takeovers. That's where it's at. It is my type of professional wrestling, and I love it. Any thoughts there, TL? Or? Oh, no, no. Um, I've, I've told you many times off air. And on air, I love NXT. There's not been a bad takeover. I, I literally thought, I was like, is there a bad takeover show? There isn't. Like, maybe or maybe the first takeover show, uh, but that had a really great Bo Dallas Neville match. So, like, I, no, I don't think there's a bad at all. Like, takeover Yeah, and show they only get better. Time. They only get better as time They only get on. better. All yeah. right, so that has been what we like to call the three count. We like the Backstreet Boys. 
Moving on to our final segment of the week. Uh, so what we wanted to do, every time we do a show, we're going to pick a match that we think you guys need to watch. It's going to be a classic match. It could be related to something on the show, something in the news segment, something from well, you know one of the competitors in the previous shows. And so we are going to pick a match that we think it is worth your time. Go seek out, find these matches. So I will start with my pick. And my pick, we talk about the G1 Climax champion, the winner, Kota Ibushi. Um, if you want to see Kota in amazing tag team action, and uh, most of you probably know this, you know, Kota has tagged with uh, Kenny Omega in the past as part of the Golden Lovers. And as good as he is as a singles competitor, I think Kota is amazing as a tag team competitor. And one of his most amazing semi-recent matches was when the Golden Lovers went up against chaos uh, with Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii uh, as wrestling as chaos and that was from the New Japan Fighting Spirit Unleashed tournament which took place Sunday September 30th in 2018 Um, here's the reason I love this match and I think it's worth watching is the Golden Lovers they are high flyers and you can see great matches with them and like the Young Bucks and they will do amazing stunts and high spots and uh, if you've been listening to a couple of our shows you probably know like I appreciate that stuff but I'm actually a bigger fan of telling stories. I'm a bigger fan of strong style and hard hitting matches and if you want to see a match that blends some really good high spots with some just really good hard hitting spots this is that match. You know, um, You have some spots where guys are just like hitting each other, no-selling kicks, going back and forth with chops, with with uh, elbows to the face, knees. It is super hard-hitting. And then you have some amazing high spots, some stuff where, like, Kenny and um, Ibushi are, like, synced with each other and, like, diving off the top ropes. It's, dude, it is, it is a masterpiece match. It's really, really fun. Okada... I mean, he's at the top of his game. He's he's one of the best in New Japan, one of the best in the world, in fact. Um, you get to see him do some really good heel-style wrestling. It's just a solid, solid match. Have you ever seen this one, TL? Yeah, no, I've definitely seen this one. Um, what I love about this, so... Because Kenny Omega is a huge dork. All of their moves are, like, named after Chrono Sugar moves. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Chrono Sugar. Like, uh, when they do their... Their double, like, kind of like their double uh, dive. The like double, double, double cross, dive. right, is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they call, it's called the cross slash, yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, so I love it. Uh, but, no, um, this is a great match. I'm a huge Ishii guy. Again, also another one. Um, she versus, uh, versus Kenta at the G1 was really great this year because, of course, these two motherfuckers just want to beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. No. Um, and Ishii's just built like a brick shit house. Like, he is... He's... Oh. He's built like... like I'm trying to think of a, like a similar body type. Like, he's like as wide as Rhino, I think you could say. But he's yeah. just... Yeah, man. He is... Oh, dude. You just look at that guy and you're like, yeah, that guy... He's not no selling. Like he just probably doesn't feel that when someone hits him. Like he's built like, right. and he's and he's like he's like an older guy. He's like forty three or forty four or something like that. Right. Yeah. No. But he's awesome. Love. Love. Love him. But no. Really love this match. Really did enjoy this match. Um, you should definitely check it out. Which is very weird because we both picked tag matches. So my pick 
for my match of the week. For this week is, I actually gave this to Matt before we recorded the previous episode, um, but I'm a huge, huge Candice LeRae fan. Um, again, I like to say I love women's wrestling, uh, but and I'm also a huge PWG fan, as you guys know from earlier in the earlier in the segment. So I wanted to highlight Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan, which is which were attack, which were a tag team known as the world's cutest tag team versus the Young Bucks in a Gorilla Warfare match at PWG. Um, and this was in, uh, 2014. Now, what was very significant to me at this time was both Candice LeRae and another wrestler by the name of Veda Scott had very, I would say, I guess you would say violent, but definitely very bloody intergender matches. But it was to me where it was the, these were the two matches where I was like, okay, I totally get the intergender match thing. Cause it didn't become, it wasn't a spectacle and it wasn't doing like the, things like a lot of intergender matches do that's kind of gross where it's like oh you're a man I'm a woman it's literally like no this is a competition between people and to me this is like the first time I got to see Candice LeRae beat Candice LeRae then I watched the bowler that she was in I was like oh no this guy this lady fucking rules um so yeah it's a very fun uh tag match with Candice LeRae and you know and the Young Bucks so it gives you a little bit of AEW it gives you a little in the uh you know WWE and enjoy Ryan because Joey Ryan is definitely there. Uh, Matt, you saw the match. What did you think of it? Yeah, I normally um, I don't like the the mixed matches for the reasons you stated. Yeah, but this one, I think Candice LeRae uh, looked tough as hell. <laughs> she beat the shit out of dudes. Uh, you know, Joey Ryan. Some people don't like him because he can get a little bit too much into the humor side of things but i love joey ryan i think he's funny but i also think he's a very good wrestler of course yeah i love the bucks the bucks are amazing so yeah i thought it was a really fun match um i think yeah if you if you want to see the evolution of women's wrestling and kind of where you know this is like you said this like four or five years ago and it's kind of the stuff we're starting to see now on more mainstream promotions uh like nxt and and moving into wwe um, this is a great match to see because it's like, oh, wow, Candice LeRae has been doing this stuff for, you know, over five years. So, yeah, I think I think it's a real fun match. I think um, hard hitting. And, yeah, dude, I, I I also recommend this match. Like, go seek this one out. And this one I believe you can find for free on YouTube, right? Yes. This, one, this match, this full match is on YouTube. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So that has been our matches of the week. Now... That has been the free SummerSlam review show for Cheap Popcast, episode number 102. Now, you know, based on what we announced and kind of how this is going to work, technically our next big show that we would be doing is our preview of Survivor Series. I will say this, though, and maybe I can get a commitment on air. I think, TL, we are both excited enough for AEW's all-out show where we're probably going to be doing something around that show. I don't know if we'll do the full preview and then review thing, but I think we could kind of can we can we have the listeners count on us doing something around that show? Uh, absolutely, especially it's around my birthday. All out, all hey. out is literally the day before my birthday, um, and yeah, so we will definitely be doing something all out related. Um, but and this is for my people in the Chicago area. If you are going to SummerSlam, but more importantly, if you're going to NXT Takeover Chicago, I will be there. I will be at NXT TakeOver Chicago officially. So, uh, first Survivor Series weekend, I will be in the Chicago area. I will not be going to Survivor Series, but I definitely have to go to a TakeOver. Uh, me and my buddy, Joe Garcia, 
Again, this is the second shout out, so don't ever say I don't do anything nice. Uh, we got <laughs> tickets. Um, did you know? So we got tickets. Twenty dollars for a takeover. Wow. <laughs> I mean, when you talk, when you when you count flights and hotel, obviously much more expensive weekend. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens around those. Shows. So sorry, you said SummerSlam earlier. This is Survivor Series weekend in Survivor Chicago. Series, yes. uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm assuming there's probably going to be like a Jim Ross show. So you might you might be able to see a lot of cool stuff just around Survivor right. Series itself. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like I got to go see NXT. You got really good seats for twenty bucks. That is a that is probably the best deal in wrestling right now. So yeah, it you is. will be hearing from us very soon when TL and I will be on the mic talking about AEW's All Out. And then yeah, you can count on we're going to be doing a lot of stuff around Survivor Series later this year. But that has been Cheap Popcast. I have been your host, Big Papa Pump, Matthew Allen, alongside The Nature Boy, T.L. Foster. And that's the best damn wrestling podcast there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Oh yeah, dig it, yeah. Diggity, <laughs> 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 